Can't get enough of Cthulhu and Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bardic College Presents Cthulhu in Cairo. I'm Raz, and I am your keeper, as always. And tonight I am joined with the whole team here, and we just had quite a shock in our last episode, so we can't wait to pick it up and see where the team goes. Sitting next to me is Joel, who plays Sidney Poulter. A lot of things going on right now. Joel, how is Sid handling it all? Sid's a little freaked out and a whole lot worried about Aveline right about now. That's what Sid is. And that makes sense. Also, there's Faye Dawson, who is played by Melinda, our editor and producer. Faye's heard some astounding news tonight, and I'm sure she's just as shook. Oh, well, almost just as shook as her good friend, Catherine. How's she handling it, Mel? Um, Not well, Keeper. Not well. Um, Faye definitely has a hankering to call her father and demand more answers. There's no tiptoeing around this crap anymore. She wants real hard facts, and she's going to get them one way or another. She's also uh, wondering how the team is going to uh, react to her big reveal, her deep secret. So she's got a lot of thoughts running through her head. Not all of them great, but we'll see what happens. Yes, there is. And then there's the lady of the hour, the woman who was left in a battlefield triage hospital, abandoned, cast aside for some terrible reason, whatever that may be, by a man that she thought would be her eternal love. And if that hasn't rubbed enough salt in the wound, here is Lauren playing Catherine Ross. How's, how's Catherine right now, Lauren? She's, uh, she's got to be a little on the miffed side. Catherine needs some cuddles and a Xanax right about now, Keeper. She's not well. I don't know if you provided the lovely cutoff in our previous episode, but literally it it was screaming. I was freaking out. My heart rate was going. Yeah, she doesn't know whether to like throw herself in the well or like find Matthew, drag him to said well, and then yeet him in. So we're torn. The great yeet. Yes. Okay. The Great Yeet of 1931. Of 1931. And next to her is Kayla. Uh, Kayla plays Aveline Hammond. Now, Aveline, um, for listeners who are uh, following the show on Patreon, we did a second, a separate adventure, something for Aveline that has happened and occurred on the exact same night as the team went to the well in on the island of San Michel. And she has a whole different thing to deal with. Uh, so... Where's Aveline's head right now without giving too much away, Kayla? Let's just say for no spoilers for the viewers that she is currently in a downward spiral of, oh shit, what am I going to do? And should I even tell Ms. Ross what has happened? So she's not happy. We have uh, Scott playing Professor John Schooley. John gave some deep secrets up to the well voice as well. Um, and then was able to make this great reveal. How's he? Uh, how's he feeling at the moment? Well, um, he, he released a secret, kind of under his breath. I'm not sure if everybody else heard that. It, it's something he's come to terms with. So that was not as much, but he's kind of torn right now because you know his mind has been so occupied with this Caravaggio, um, and he's he's both relieved 
to have a name to associate with Caravaggio. So he's conflicted. It's like, wow, this is great. Now we have a name. Oh, crap. This is somebody that's important to Catherine. Um, so he's conflicted. He's conflicted. He feels for Catherine. He's definitely uh, he's definitely there. But internally, he's kind of glad he has a name to pin on that <laughs> yeah. Caravaggio. I mean, yeah, now I can get a picture and start gun practice with it. So as a... I've, Catherine, this is... I feel so bad for you. I mean, we really got to take this guy and can you give me a reload? Um, yeah. So I get where <laughs> I get where everybody is right now with this. Just Swiss cheese, my fiance. It's just, okay. Just cheese. You're okay with that, right? Yes. As long as you get to him before he gets to Aveline and finishes what he started, that's fine. All right. So in the middle of the night, it's after midnight. It's actually closing in by the time all this uh, was done. It was about 12.30, quarter to one, we'll say 12.30. Uh, the group has just heard the well call back, Matthew Langford. And the scream goes off from Catherine. Catherine uh, is standing next to Faye, but she uh, she collapses to the ground. Faye immediately just goes down and just is like pulling her into a hug and is like, I'm so sorry. Like, Faye just has no idea how to handle this. She's just trying to comfort Catherine any way that she can. And Catherine, who, of you know, of the normal stance of, please don't crowd me, is actually not fighting the hug, which, you know, I don't know if that's what's most shocking about Pretty her shocking. behavior. She's... Oh, no. Faye, uh, Faye throws, like, yeah. a worried look over her shoulder and is, like, looking at the guys, like, uh, hello, what is going like, on here? He's fucking me back. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. You know, Catherine, the curmudgeon, the the salty. She is like clinging to Faye and just like shaking. After the scream, she's not crying; she's just shaking. Okay, not real. It's not real. It's lying. It's not real. He's he's no no. This is this is ridiculous. Um, he's he's dead. I pronounced him dead. This whole thing is it's a lie. It's a joke. The well lies. I don't know why. I thought this was. Faye is still, like, just, she's, like, stroking her hair and her back, and she's just trying to be as comforting as possible, and she goes, Kat, honey, a lot of, a lot of weird things are happening. I wouldn't be surprised if it actually was him. No, weird things are happening. It's, it's lying. It, it got inside my head. It's, AWAS is in my head. It's inside my head, and it's, he's lying. He's shocked. Can't breathe. Okay, okay. She's Faye is just trying to help her calm her breathing down. Is just looking to the guys for Sid. any kind of help. Like Sid, Sid has Sid, Sid. You've had experience. You're the only other yeah, person who's so had therapy. I, I have first aid, so I, I I run over to her and uh, we sort of let, let's get her sitting down. Let's get sit down now. Come on, breathe slow. Breathe slow. All right, in and out. Try not to think about it. Try not to talk about it. Okay, we're going to get through it. It, it. You know, maybe it's lying, maybe it's not. You know, it's a big shock. It's a big shock, but we'll get through this, through this together, you know. You hear, the well doesn't lie. The well never lies. Okay, shut up. Whatever, the well doesn't lie. You're not helping. We need to find Aveline. My, yeah, maybe we should move away from here into the water and uh, get ourselves out of here and, and go find Aveline, just oh in my case God. the well doesn't lie. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> The world is on fire. The creepy goo monsters are eating us in the streets. And we have to go back in time. And there's a guy that looks like a vampire. And 
the world is fucking ending and I just sent Aveline to find my fiance who's dead but he's not dead oh my god oh my god what have I done Faye is just grabbing her by the shoulders and it's like you have to shut up you have to stop calm down you didn't know hit me hit I just I can't just hit me I slap her I slap her beat me to it okay Faye's just looking at her and she Locks eyes with Catherine, which is making both of them a little uncomfortable, but Faye's really not sure how else to address this. And she goes, you had no idea what you sent Aveline to do. Aveline is trained in this. Out of all of us, she's the best person for this job. I don't think anything bad is happening to her. However, I think we need to find her as soon as we can so that we can exchange information and make sure that all of us are safe. So to calm down, I know it's hard. Leave me. This is incredibly shocking. We've all had shocking things happen tonight. But in order for us to get ourselves together and to figure this out, you have to calm down. I know you're capable of it. I know you're capable of finding your center, but you just have to do it. Well, we, we've got to get out of here. We've got to get to the water. You know, Kate, are you going to need to, are you going to be able to walk? Or you, you want yeah. big Sid to grab you? No, no. All right. Uh, you guys see, uh, see is leaning, uh, he's, he's kneeling next to the well, right. and he has this leather journal open, and he's just feverishly writing in his journal, kind of looking at the well. It seems like he's writing and sketching. doesn't seem to hear what you guys are talking about as far as going down to the water. John, get away from Faye. the well. Okay. I, it, okay. I'll be just a moment. I just, I got to make notes. Um, Faye kind of like gently pushes Catherine towards Sid and is like, hold on to her for a second and Faye just quietly walks up to John and just puts a hand on his shoulder and like we gotta go we need to get away from here it's not safe for Catherine and I don't think it's safe for any of us so we should go we're gonna swim right I, I have I have important information in my journal that I can't have damaged in the water how, how, how are we gonna protect that my is there research? anything that we can use as a makeshift boat around like some resource well, you can have one one temp to swim back and then hire a boat can do it i mean the ferry comes first thing in the morning right yep ferry we're gonna swim we're gonna swim back and what be exhausted it's, it's let me go we, we let me go see if here. i can find a boat what time is it keeper what time is it like midnight ish one ish it's quarter to one at this point what what are we going to be able to to accomplish in the middle of the night there's no Finding one we're going to how we're not going to be able to question anybody we're not going to be able to knock on doors the only thing we're going to do is raise the attention of the authorities and get ourselves in trouble possibly and we're going to be exhausted for it whereas right now we could try as we might to get some sort of rest here take the first ferry back in the morning be refreshed and be ready to to you know reach out to whoever we need to to help us find Aveline as quickly as possible at first light doesn't that just make more sense you just want to stay and study the creepy ass well okay put a sock in it Faye doesn't like it but john does make a lot of sense it's you know i i could make the swim back and get us a boat or i could borrow a boat and row out to you guys but yeah we don't know where aveline could be we don't know if she left word we don't know if she would make her way back to the hotel I'll leave it up to the group. Whatever you guys want to do. I don't mind. I can make the swim. 100% can make the swim. Well, well I think we got this. If we go or we don't go, I, I don't think we should stay by this well. I think oh, I don't no. think that's 
mentally or physically healthy. And I think we need to get at least by the water's edge, if not further away from this thing. I mean, it makes sense what John's saying, but I just don't see how staying by this well is going to be good for cat. I concur. It's, it's, right. a, it's an unknown, unknown source of, of power. It's not necessarily good to stay in its vicinity. I put my arm around Kat and sort of guide her. And, and, and I look at her, come on, love, let's go find the water's edge. Let's go get away from this place. Again, she's not objecting to someone, like, touching her. She's just, she just goes. So right now, just with a yay or nay, is the idea for, and it sounds like I, I know the answer, I just want to verify it, um, is the answer that we probably can't find Aveline at this time of night anyway, so it's best to remain here in the cemetery until the first ferry arrives at 9 a.m., and can we can take it back. And with that, let me have a, just a show of hands, yays and nays. So st- wants to stay, or the other answer is, if you don't say it, raise your hand, uh, Faye would go ahead and make the swim. Now, Faye, what's your swimming? 40. Oh, yeah. No, there's no issue. I mean, it's not rough water. There's no... So she could swim the mile back. It would take her a while, but she could it, it, she could do it with no problem. And bring a boat. Um, and that would get you back on the, uh, you know, on the mainland, let's say, in just about an hour. 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, let's say an hour. Um, so raise your hand if you want to wait here. And who wants to swim back? Scott, you were... I'm sorry. You were for a stay here, correct? I was. Okay, so although I, I my swim's pretty strong as well. If if the group feels like we need to swim, then I would I would swim with Faye. If the group thinks we if the group thinks we need to depart the island, I would go ahead and swim with Faye because the swimming partner and such a, a you know decently long swim is safer. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and there's this isn't a rolling situation. I mean, again, you're not you're sure. not in danger. It's not rough water. It's just swimming. It's just mm-hmm. as long as you can do a basic swim, you'll get there. I'm not as high as her, but I'm 30, so, yeah. No, well, it makes more sense to stay. Yeah. Um, we can't find her, and I think that we all need to sit down and talk about what happened. And, like, maybe just kind of go over the information, help Catherine a little bit, try to figure out more so that we can, like, get our facts straight for when we do see Aveline. We'll cut for a moment. Aveline, it's after midnight. You've been waiting outside the apartment building. The lights have dimmed, gone out in most of the house. The couple that's downstairs, their lights have gone out, except for one very small one somewhere. You know, you can see a very soft glow light from his windows. You've exhausted the encounter that you have and or had, and you've been processing in your mind the information and the, the things that were divulged and discussed. You said right around that point you were going to attempt to head back to the hotel. Is that correct? Yep. So you begin making your way back to the hotel. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden on this. Okay. Oh, dear. 33. Now. That is not. That is a. Oh, wait. It is a hard success because I have a 75 in that. So. Okay. So it's not even with a hard success. You actually. So, you know, your feet walking on the cobblestone streets. You turn a corner and you. intentionally double step like like real quick and then go back to your gate and you you definitely hear the a gate that hadn't changed you you hear the sound of something or someone following you which you were prepared that could be a a, you know an eventuality after the situation you do you want to try to hit a darkened doorway 
uh, try to see who it is. Do you want to speed up to uh, try, you know, and pick another canal route to get back to the hotel? Is your indication more fight or hide stealth and flight? Here's my thinking. I know Venice to be a very like alley street, alley street city. So I'm going to go left, right, left down a couple alleys just to kind of break him off. And then I'm going to stealth it. And if he continues to pursue or he gets close, I'm going to ask him why he's following me. I'm going to like knock knock some heads around because I'm not, I may be afraid of Matthew, but I'm not going to let him let like follow me or find out where we are. Gotcha. So you you go ahead and begin this this pattern of left right left whatever your synchronicity of it and how you you know you you, you see the closer alleyway you hit that one you go down go ahead and give me your stealth check twenty seven for stealth it's a hard success you dodge down an alleyway you hit a doorway you lean into it you're looking out and within a minute just a shape goes by appears to be humanish. Um, so it's nothing that, you know, you're, you're, but it's human size. You're, you're, again, you're kind of looking quickly. You don't want to, you don't want to be seen, but it's, you know, it starts walking and goes right past. You hear the footsteps start to fade. Stop. I have my gun. I'm pulling my gun at this point. My hand's on it. Turns and stands into the alleyway looking. He, you don't believe he's seen you, but you hear. Starts walking away, goes down, oh, down the turns and goes down the, the avenue that you would have been on if you hadn't hit the alley. You shook him. So the stealth worked. Thank now God. You, now you're gonna, how long do you want to wait there? About 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, that's more than a reasonable amount of time to see if someone's doubling back. You, you're very patient. You know, when you're an investigative person like this, patience saves lives, right? Caution saves lives. So you sit there, you're waiting. You kind of look down, you'll check your watch and the the small light that you got from the alley. You look, you go, good enough. You turn, make it go in the opposite direction of how you entered. Weave your way through some, some other alleyways. Have to jump over one little partition in a fence. You hit a bridge and you now recognize about where you are. And you're about 10 or 15 minutes from your hotel. So back to the other team. So Aveline is making her way back to the hotel. It's now closing in on about 1 a.m., Aveline, okay? All right, back to the regular group on the island. <laughs> okay, so we find a suitable camp spot nearer to the yeah, water. By the docks. Um, it's, there's, there's a large dock for the ferry, and then there's a couple of small slips further down. But the main dock area is more than – the ferry is fairly large. It brings, you know, 30, 40 people at a time. So, you know, for this time period, it would be, you know, one of the longer boats. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's a good size slip. You can all sit on it. There's, there's actually even a little lean-to that they've built in case it's raining for mourners to sit and wait for the ferry to go back and forth. So you can even be sitting almost like a bus terminal type thing where it's slightly enclosed. You can be sitting in there. Not a problem. John has his journal open again and is continuing to make notes. Okay. He just kind of glances over at him and is like, what you writing? Just trying to record everything that happened in regards to the well. Every detail, while it's fresh in my mind, every, anything can be recorded. The well asked us to reveal some secrets. You know, I'm curious spit about out. That. No, I don't know. That was horrifying. That yeah. was, I've seen 
and we've experienced some foul things, and that is the worst. Because now the jelly man was quite bad, I must say. Just you know, just to put it in in perspective, it was a jelly man. Okay, this was a well. It, you know, mentally, yes, a torture. And and no one's no one's going to pretend that it wasn't as horrible as well, what you've well, gone through. Well, the information the well gave is certainly shocking, Catherine. I mean, obviously we understand that, but but the well itself seems uh, uh, kind of helpful. Uh, I will slap. If you had a mustache, I'd slap it off your face, John. Same covers his mustache. <laughs> well, I do have a mustache. I have a full mustache and beard now. I haven't shaved. Oh, right. Or. <laughs> In which case, <laughs> let me slap the beard right off your face. No, no, we're going to not slap anybody. And Faye just kind of just, she's sitting between them already. And she just kind of is like, okay, let's, she's putting her arms out like, all right, let's calm down a little bit. Tensions are high, obviously. John had, been, had some questions he wanted to ask, but he thinks to himself, he's like, maybe, maybe I should leave my questions to myself right now. This might not be the best time, John. It's just... I didn't say that out loud. I'm like thinking yeah. to myself. I'm does does he look like gonna... he has like does he look like he has questions? Is he <laughs> yeah. sitting there like twiddling yeah. his thoughts I'm like sure it could be like, John, I think uh you probably should not go down that thought. I can see it in your <laughs> eyes. Keep <laughs> your mouth shut. <laughs> Just look off to the distance and contemplate the water. Yeah, there you go. The slosh. He keeps working on the sketch. He's been sketching the the well. Any detail of it, you know, uh, background around it, what the ground was like. Okay. Being an artiste. Sort of obsessed. All right. So hours start to pass by if the conversation isn't um, about sharing at this point. Does Catherine fall asleep? No. (laughs) At no point. With with her constitution, probably not even going to make her roll that side. She doesn't need to sleep for like days. (laughs) Yeah. She's... (laughs) You ever worked three 12-hour shifts in a row? She's like Never. a camel in the Sahara. I can go yeah. forever. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I climbed K2 with only two-hour nap, you know? <laughs> one tank of oxygen yeah. that I, I turned did K2 do. into K1. <laughs> <laughs> um, some point in the evening, everybody's quiet. You know, Catherine's still not asleep. So... Whatever's in that well now knows some pretty messed up stuff. Yep. I never thought I'd ever talk about what happened ever again. And here we are. Kind of dredges up the past. Do you need a talking stick or something? Do do you want to? Are we going to share? I wasn't planning on it. I mean. No, I'm perfectly fine. I I don't feel the need to share. Yep. Some things are better left. uh... Buried in the past. Yeah, well, um, John, what, something that it. Hold up one second. Professor Schooley, what did you just say? I said some things are better left buried in the past. You hear. <laughs> Everybody from, make a. Yeah. <laughs> make a sanity check on that. Thanks, John. What the hell was that? <laughs> that expression specifically. Oh, well, there you go. That's a three, baby. That's a critical. 42. That is a success. Okay. 35. I'm shocked she made that. She shouldn't have, but she did. Yeah. Okay. Faye, Faye screams at uh, 
Faith screams at the uh, voice again, like how she did earlier. It's another shut up. Nobody cares. Your goddamn thoughts to yourself. You're not welcome here. <laughs> John was wondering if at first it was he was the only one that heard it, and then he's kind of it piques his interest that everybody else heard it as well. Oh yeah. Stop getting your interest peaked. Get a new hobby, John. Speaking of which, John, um, quick question. Yes, ma'am. You've been diving into the books recently. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about Golden Dawn? How would uh, how would I be on that keeper? Should I roll? No, Golden Dawn would be pretty well ver- fleshed out by mm-hmm. 1931. Um, they, their exploits were, you know, in a lot of the tabloids uh, throughout Europe. You know them as a society that, at this point, I believe, in 31 was already pretty much defunct publicly. But they're um, a more recent secret society. They they were around at the turn of the century and into the like late, mid-20s. So it yes. seems like I would they would probably have been one of my subjects of study then. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you, you know of them. Yeah, I mean, uh, do you know their secret call signs and practices and the... You know, no, but you know what, you know, what their, maybe their levels were like, who was a Grand Magus versus who was a neophyte, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you have a, a good, strong general knowledge of, of the, of the, the Golden Dawn. Okay. Lucinda said that my father was like a ranking member, right? If I'm remembering correctly. What, it, yep. what was the term she used again? Um, she probably used the term that, um, member or um, maybe in conversation she brought up that he was he was actually a mage. He was a, a magi. He was able to come and go as he pleased, and he was considered a member of an adept. He um he had attended ceremonies. He had been, you know, no means was he, you know, um at the level so of So he wouldn't have been he, like in the leadership role or what have you. No, but he was a okay. he, he wasn't the final circle, but he was well respected in the order. Okay. So I'd be able to identify the different, uh, you know, roles and share that with Faith and yeah, the information. Awesome. I'm just wondering if you had any information because I've, I'm turning like over like what Lucinda had said to me in my head, and especially now with like what I heard from uh, from the well. Did they hear the well, like what it said, or would the well have only spoken directly to me? No, the well. Uh, if everyone's trying to keep their what they said on the hush on the DL, that was not the intention. Um, the well does have a slight echo to it. I mean, if you were standing far enough back, giving everyone a bit of privacy, like at a pharmacist, then yeah, you didn't hear th- what they said. But the reply from the well was in no way, shape, or form quiet. Okay. Anybody Just standing wh- within 15 or 20 feet would have easily heard the well. Would you like okay. to reiterate what that reply was, Faye? Yes, to be completely honest, I, I'm, I don't, the shock. What's my name? What's your name? I'm Faye, or Catherine. Oh, good. And good. I'm glad we settled that. So apparently, everyone here knows that I have a half-sister, Rosalina. Mm -hmm. Most of us met her. Apparently, Rosalina has a gift, some sort of power, um, something that I might one day take from her. Now, I don't know if that's take as in I'm going to kill her. Or if she's going to be sacrificed in some weird thing. She was conceived during this ritual that my father and Lucinda participated in. 
So I don't, I guess that's where her power comes from. That's why I need to talk to my father about this. And I need to get straight answers from him because none of this is making sense to me. Maybe they meant gift, like, maybe they meant gift, like Christmas present. Like maybe you're just going to take a sweater or I'm sorry, I'm not. That's sweet, Catherine. Okay. We're just going to, why don't you, why don't you lay down? I'm not, you know, I don't quite think I'm okay. Sorry. I'm glad that you've come to that accord. Sorry about your sister being a child of sex uh-huh. magic. Great. Okay. I'm just going to stop you there. So yeah, um, I have to figure that out. Anybody else have things they want to take care of in the morning? We should make a plan? Well, we need to track down Aveline first and foremost. The main concern. Okay. Um, that, we, have, we have, what, two days to prepare for literal time travel. So, <laughs> oh, um, great. Although, uh, you know, can, can I ask? There's a thought I've had, and I just want to throw it out there. Okay. So in the research when we were at the monastery, uh, we were able to pretty much confirm who uh, Arturo Giovanni was during this time that we're going back, right? So he's sending us back, but the Arturo Giovanni who's back there isn't going to necessarily know who we are. And he was a, you know, a purveyor of the dead, right? This was his base of his power and what have you. Is it at all maybe a possibility that maybe he's not as powerful back in 1349 as he is now, seemingly? And maybe the world would be better off without him. You want to try and kill that creepy man who keeps women melted in boxes? You want to you go after this man? I so, so there's some things to be careful of. I I have to see the ritual that he's using to to send us back. Killing him in the past may impact our ability to get back to the future. I don't know, but or even it, our it, ability to go into the future at all. I mean, because we might get we might get trapped. That's what I mean. But if the ritual seems um, independent of him, it, you know, that 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 poor lady in that box, it just still haunts me. And um, taking care of him back then might prevent that whole horror. And who knows the horrific influence this monster may have had on this region for centuries. How could about... Of, could it be a lot of wrongs we could right by that simple act? How... We also don't know what's going to happen if we take him out. Who would then take his place? Somebody else might rise to that power and might do far worse things than Arturo could do. It might be best just to leave the past as it is. Catherine, with her sort of, you know, she's not she's not speaking with the same like volume and tenacity that she normally does. But she's like, how about instead of trying to be heroes, we literally just go back, get the creepy skin book and come home? Why do we have to keep getting further involved in this? I want this to stop. Understood. It was just a I thought. don't think you do. Sometimes well, bad things happen and people are called to the fore. You know? I don't think any of us are that special, John. It never is somebody special. It's just a person at the right place at the right time. I'm going to hit him again. She's goofed. <laughs> you never hit him the first time. Stop that. I feel the need to hit him again. Well, that doesn't count. Sid, what are you, what's your thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I don't... 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's a shitty predicament. It's a it's a bad place to be. You know, there's no good answer here. I mean, could you say that John's right? Yeah, you can. But then you're going to come off like a prat. No offense, John. Can you go off the deep end and and scream injustice and and the world is coming to an end like Cat's doing? You certainly can, and you can you can tell that her heart is breaking. You know, I feel horrible for her, but at the same time, that's not going to get us anywhere, and that's not going to solve any problems. And the truth is, Cat. Just like war, just like anything else, we're thrown into situations that we don't think we're up to, but we are. We have to get through them. And that's what this is. You know, if the man's an ass, it's not your fault that he's an ass. You didn't do this. You can still think he's an ass. You can still feel your heart break, but you can't stop moving. We won't allow that. We're going to have to fight this and go face forward. That's that's what I think. And then he just Catherine, sort of walks off. Intel roll. Intel? Mm-hmm. 47. What's your intel? 80. That's okay. You're fine. Good. So when Sid said, it's not your fault, you didn't do this, you choke back a couple of tears and then nod in agreement, being stoically, you know, expat British that you are. Wait, I nod that it's not my fault? Well, part of it was. Mm-hmm. So, but when he says, it's not your fault, you're like, yes, you're right. It's not my fault. Okay. Do I notice that um, maybe pang of guilt? I was a massive hiccup for Catherine, so I would... I mean, she... she, Yeah, she probably... I mean, everybody sees that when he says it, she kind of has a quick reaction, but... Okay. So there is something deeper there. But regardless of what that depth is, Sid's right. We all have our inner demons, but people are responsible for their own actions. Matthew's responsible for his. And we're going to make him answer for them. 100%. Let's not talk about him right now, please. It. I'm going to I'm gonna take a crowbar to his head, but beyond that, I don't want to talk about him. Good. Okay. Why don't we all... Good. Why don't we all try to get some form of rest and start fresh tomorrow or as fresh okay. as we can? All right. Um, I think we really need to see Aveline and yeah so priority who wants to sleep who doesn't want to sleep i would like to try to sleep even though the chances of that are slim because Mm -hmm. i'm kind of whacked out okay sleep does a body good Mm -hmm. they would also really like to sleep but if somebody else wants to sleep more uh she'll deal with it i'm not Um, saying i'll stay up it'll stay up you don't you don't have to sit a watch i'm asking who wants to fall asleep that's all or are you fighting not to fall asleep? That's all. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to stay awake, and I will actually. Okay. I'll take my my jacket off, and I'll give it to give it to Kate, like uh, so she can use it as a blanket to sleep. All right, John, sleep or no sleep? I think sleep is going to elude me this evening. All right. So the two women s- go to sleep. You both have visions. Um, of course, we in, do. Well, you're sleeping oh, on good. an island where there's a presence. Faye, yours is that you are seeing, you look down the well and you see your father looking up um, from the bottom of the well. And he's with Lucinda and they're holding Rosalina together. And then the vision begins to spread and ooze out further and further from the confines of the well so that you're looking like at first through, like through a tube And then your eye comes off and you can see the whole vision of what you have. And you see your mother 
in a casket and you with your grandparents being taken away. You see this situation where you were left behind, where he made the choice not to stay in the Americas and raise you to be an archaeologist, but instead you were abandoned and left with your, you know, with, with your maternal grandparents. And you feel that you never saw him again. It's almost like you're losing the memories of who your father and was and who he what role he had in your life. And you just hear this the same voices from the bottom of the well. I can show you more secrets. And you wake up. Catherine, your vision is simply that you go, you're climbing as carefully as you can down this these moss-covered stones. You're slipping and you have that same sensation of labyrinth almost when they're passing her down with the hands, but this, your hands are doing it, but they're having to grab constantly uh, so you don't fall. And you keep climbing down and you keep climbing down, but you can't seem to reach the bottom. And through it all, you hear disembodied voices and they're not the voices in the well. They're the voices of Jennifer they're the voices of Billy. Um, they're the voices of, you know, the the nurses at the camp laughing, having a cup of tea after a long day. You, All you can constantly rehear is the, 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 the voices and the sounds of life back then when you think to yourself, how could it have been simpler then? How was my life become this mess? When I was living in a war with a man I cared about, possibly dying at any moment on, in the trenches, and yet I was happier and life was simpler then. And you, you wake up still sliding and climbing down. You've never get to the bottom of that. You don't see the out. It's about 40 minutes before the ferry arrives. Bells have gone off on the mainland for 8.30. Um, so the ferry shows up right after 9 o'clock. The two of you slept, but, you know, whether you eventually share those images or visions is entirely up to you. you Can I try to go back to the well again, or does it not speak to people in the daylight? Well, you so you wake up, and you want to run back into the main body of the island or head back there? Yeah, I'd want to try to see what the well has to say to me. With the sun up, the well is silent. Figures. You come yep. walking back. Um, the group sees you. They're like, the boat's going to be here any minute. You know, just glad you got back in time. And you can see it depart, you know, from the from the main part of the, the canal. And it's it's powering out. I mean, from once it's halfway here, you can already hear the, the sound of its engine as it pulls up there. The captain is like, what are you doing here? How do you know, in Italian, he's, oh, what, why would you stay overnight? This is crazy. You're not supposed to be here. You know, the island is closed. The island is closed tells you that the priests of the church that care for the island aren't happy when people stay it, you know he's going to mark all of you and if any damage has been done you know because they've had problems in the past where there's been some headstones defaced um he'll remember you and report you to the police and he's very you know the guy's just being a typical 60 year old you know nudge uh <laughs> taking care of a of an island that holds a lot of you know tradition and sentimentality for the Italians of Venice. The mourners get off. You get a couple of weird stares. 
Uh, but for the most part, you know, no big deal. And you make your way onto the, the boat. And by 9.30, it is crossed back over. So 9.10, it's here, unloads. 9.15, it jumps on. And by 9.30, you're back on the on the main part of Venice, back up to the canal, uh, the, you know, across it. So is it? are you trying to buzz right back to your hotel? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So you make your way down to the hotel. Again, it's about 15, 20-minute walk from um, – you know, the central, the central plaza by the Doge, uh, you go ahead and you cut across some different bridges, so on and so forth. No problem. You make your way back to the hotel. You open the door, go head in and make your way up the stairs. And as you, um, as you're climbing up, you know, and you make your turns and everything, you open the door and you see Aveline's jacket is already on the chair. So you know that she had left with it last night. But she has taken her jacket is hanging up. Um, there's a fedora hanging on the on the chair as well. She's already been, you know, it, it appears for all intents and purposes that she is in the room and has been for at least, you know, an hour or so. So at minimum. So you breathe a sigh of relief. And in a few moments, the bathroom door opens and she comes walking out and she's dressed for the day and Aveline is there. John, thank God, thank God you're okay. Okay, sighs of relief. That's good. Sid just, Sid just looks gobsmacked. We're so glad to see you in one piece. I'm making we, coffee. All right, for, we had a hell everybody, of a night. for everybody that looks like they had a hell of a night, Aveline, although she's dressed, her face just looks drained. Dark circles under her eye. Her hair may not be fully combed, and it's just like she... Gives a weak wave of good morning and goes to pour herself a drink. Irish coffee. Okay. Yep. So as Catherine prep, preps like, a, like a stiff drink. A she gets a percolator going. Aveline <laughs> taps onto the uh, to the Jameson and uh, sw- swigs that down and starts her tale, I guess. Or everyone can start figuring out what's going on. She goes, what happened to you? We found out the real name of Caravaggio. Matthew Langford. That's right. Yeah. So I take it you had a successful night as well? Define success. Well, you're alive. Yeah. What did you find out? We only found out his name, but I mean, you're a master at detection. I mean, what did you find? Him. I had a talk with the chap. Uh Swigs it down. All in one swig. Like, swigs down the rest of her coffee. Found um, Matthew? Yep. Is he still alive? I don't know how I could have, have a talk with him if he wasn't. Well, after your talk. Huh. He left me no choice. What? Yeah. Wait, but how so- did you guys find out about it? I only know because of I no, spoke no, no, to him. No, 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 no. He- the, the short answer is we spoke to a magic well. Um, Let's circle back oh, around to you. As far as what our encounters have been, that is quite tame. I'm not good at the creepy stuff. I'm not good at the vague. I like things to be what they are, you know, handwritten on the page. What happened? Aveline kind of turns her back to the bar. Her hands are on it, clenching to fists, and she goes, Catherine, that I can't let you near him. I'm well, sorry. I can't. You're gonna have to. So if to, I tell like... you, I can't, I can't let you near him. No, that, that's not how this works. I am 15 years of my life. I am owed. You promised me. I did. But 
You did not see the look in his eyes. I have known the worst of the worst criminals. I thought I knew the worst. I have looked in the eyes of people who have sold children, women into slavery, murdered entire families in cold blood. This man knows no fear. I don't even know if he can feel. He brought... He brought a child with him to our meeting so that he would be safe. He brought a child as a shield. A child? Is it like a child or a child? An eight-year-old girl. Sid goes for the booze. I expected him to at least be somewhat afraid of me. I called him up on the phone, told him I knew who he was. He didn't even flinch. He goes by another name here in the city. He's changed his entire identity for to live here. And when, he, when I mentioned the name Matthew Langford, he barely skipped a beat saying he's dead. But he made no attempt to lie that he could have been him. And it is him. I've seen the photo. He said the right things. And she looks at, dead at Catherine. When I spoke of you, he knew you. And he said he... All this time, he's been warning you to stay out of his way. At the, we, I the museum, he said that was the first warning to stay out of the way. At the, the museum? Yes. Nothing happened that night at the museum. Nothing happened except I... Except you heard the name Aeowas, didn't you? He put that thing in my head. I, he did not say it was him specifically. He, he said that because of your personality and whatever, I don't know. He said he thought he knew you well enough that you would stay out of the way, that you would forget about this entire fiasco and just go on your merry way without thinking about it. But then, then you found us, apparently. And shall I tell you something else? She smacked on her glass and waves her hands at the general group. He knew all of you would be there. Points to Faye. He told Aloysius Banks to pick you. Points to John. He knew that you would be there too. And Sid, apparently he commissioned the barge or something. I don't know. He knew all of us would be there. He knew my name. I went in disguise and he knew me. He knows everything. There's no hiding from him. So she's what Aveline is saying is, is that you were chosen by the British Museum and Aloysius Banks and Percival Reese um, on a recommendation of somebody who made a generous donation to the museum to bring you over. You, the club, the Cobalt Club, arranged for one of their new members in occult research to be sent. Wasn't sure whom, but he asked the club to make sure that someone had been there to he's alluding that pieces have been in place. He also told her that he signed the paperwork at the hospital M Caravaggio M standing for the first name of that. He's now going under which Aveline can now tell you. So it seems that there is a purpose and that he's been working this purpose for some time. And she goes on to mention he is the one that released Rose Edith Kelly from the asylum. He has had a hand in everything. Step one. What is he going by now? 
He signed the papers M. Caravaggio, but he has many names, but the M always stay the same. His, His name The name he goes Matthias by in Venice. Haupt. I was going to get there. Yeah, Matthias Haupt. Yeah, I was going to. Basically, she says Matthias Haupt, but he could change that name tomorrow. He could change his identity and move to a new city in an instant. He didn't say that. She's assuming that because of how well informed he was. Yeah. But this is the name that he's used to insinuate himself here into Venice as deeply as he seems to be. Matthias Matthias Haupt. Haupt. Yep. Yep. Posing as a German national. Did he... uh... Did he make any allusions as to uh, his goals, his purpose? I, I was firmly shaken. He did not say what his goals were, but he did say that there was an organization involved and that we have stepped into a world that we know nothing about. And obviously we don't. I mean, look at us. We're just, we're idiots going blind into this mess of demons and monsters and sex cults and Egyptian gods turning poor cat crazy, but I can't she's just gestating with her hands. I can't explain to you what I saw in his eyes, but he did not care. One iota, he and Catherine, if I let you near him, he's going to hurt people. People I promise I would keep safe. He has my entire network under his thumb. He knows everything. How can one person be so powerful and know so much? How long has he been doing this? I mean, he 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 made sure that all of us were there. He handpicked me. He tried to kill me multiple times. Like, what's his goal? What's his end goal? Is he after the prophecy too? Is he working with that other society? Did he did he mention the Order of the Black Dragon? Is that something you would have remembered him saying? Definitely not. The only thing he told me was that he told Catherine to stay away in not a lot of words and hoped that her... Forgive the word, Catherine, his words, not mine. Her standoffishness would drive her away at least. The rest of us were nothing to him. I would never presume to to downplay the the power and influence of this. I, I, my my superiors in the club have said so much. This this man is not to be trifled with. Is serious business. But everything you've said, he deals in fear. He is on a purpose. The same path that we're on. We've made strides. What better way to throw us off the trail than to make us feel like we're so inferior and so afraid that that we give up. Aveline, at that point, uh, goes to her room, comes out about a couple seconds later with a envelope in her hand and pulls out a picture. It's a class of grade schoolers. She hands it to John. A while ago, I found a cartel uh, in, in Spain that was using the school as a front. They were planning uh, an attack of terror on it, and I spared the children a while ago, and ever since then I've been keeping an eye on them. That is the picture Caravaggio handed to me on our meeting, and he promised that if I let Catherine anywhere near them, or him, or if we stepped a toe out of line, this would be the first place he'd hit. 
knowledge is power and he has that. That was one of the first things I did as the reflection. That was my, I can't let you near him, Catherine. You won't recognize him. He's not the, he's right. Matthew died on that day. Whoever this man is, he is not the one you want. He is not the man you're looking for. Cat, make a psych roll. Who else knows what he has on the rest of us? He found that. Failed. Failed. Okay. How yeah. by, by how much? Uh, by 10. You want to spend the luck? No. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, no. such a powerful thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a classic, Catherine. Did I no. say I wanted to spend the luck? Then don't offer. Okay, got it. I've only 39 left. I understand. Yeah, 10, 10's a big chunk of that. If someone thinks this yeah. is important, anybody want to burn an eye? Give her an automatic success? I can't. I already burned mine for somebody. Yep. What is she rolling for? She was... A psych a, to see if a something... A check on something up. for Aveline's telling her. Catherine, use it. It's mine. Okay. All right. So we're down SIDS and FaZe. Nobody else is burned. They're, the other three are still good, right? Okay. Catherine, she's hiding something still. You, she, everything she's telling you is, you believe it, but there's, there's more. There's something she is trying to protect you from. There's no lying here. She's being very open, but she's also hedging. She's protecting her. Clearly. Thank you, Aveline, for being the one to find him. And with him being as terrible as he is, it's a shame you had to do that alone. No more secrets. She looks around the room. From anyone. Go on. Very well. A woman answered the phone when I called his apartment. It was his wife. And the child he brought with him was his daughter. And he named her Katerina. That bastard. She collapses. <gasps> it's more... It's more of a pass out. She... <laughs> am I allowed to do that, Keeper? Am I allowed to pass myself out? Absolutely. <laughs> I pass out. <laughs> If it was a radio drama, oh okay, the uh, artist, if it was uh, a radio drama, the Foley artist would have went. <laughs> Sid, check, check her bag. She has smelling salts, I'm sure. She got a juicer if you want it. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> Aveline is too, like, she feels disgusted. She feels disgusted and doesn't, like, she's hovering over Catherine while Faye is trying to get her back up, but she's not touching her. She feels disgusted. You said earlier you thought he um, was willing to kill the child he had with him. I didn't say that he was willing to kill her. I said he brought her with him to the meeting. Like I... a shield, maybe. Oh, okay. Because you were talking about him willing to kill her or something like that, and then kind of dovetailed to there, and I thought that was insinuating. Gotcha. Yeah, more like yeah, more like he. Um, you'll never start any shit with an eight-year-old girl in the room. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Exactly. Everybody who has listened, go ahead and make a roll. Oh, come on! <laughs> don't, don't give us a freaking... No, like, 79, I failed. Spy. Don't give us a freaking spy, please. And that's an 80. I do not hear anything. Sid hears it. Right on. Sid made it or no? Sid makes it. Sid, I, I it. am unconscious. Sid, what are we rolling for? Just a listen. That's a hard listen. success. God, it should be or is that a critical success? No, it's a hard. It's two off a crit. Okay. Um, that's a success for me. Sid, something is slipped under the door. Yeah, it's the morning newspaper. 
I casually walk towards the door while, while I'm drinking my rye and um, I, I pick it up and I just try to very nonchalantly uh, while they're talking, open it up. Is there anything in the paper? Uh, you can see the paper right there. Fire claims husband. Five husband wife. Oh my gosh, that's the uh, palazzo. That's um, is that the is that the home of the uh, Giovanni? No, that's nope. That's where Matthias Haupt was living on the Palazzo del Verci. Yeah, it's a it's a clipping. Early this morning, fire broke out on the Palazzo del Verci, and within mere minutes, the flames had consumed everyone unfortunate enough to have been trapped inside. A neighbor who awoke to the smell of smoke claimed he could hear the sounds of the family of three that lived upstairs screaming for God's mercy as the conflagration ranged from the lower levels of the house where an elderly couple lived. It is suspected the old woman, Mariah Pacetti, had left something on the stove which eventually caught fire. So he's already covering his tracks. He's gone. Well, I guess he wants to make sure that no one was going back to visit him. I had kept an eye on his house all night, and... He made a move. I, if, yep. if he had stayed there till morning, it would have been hard on him. He would have, But he had, you know... He had prepared that once you made that call and said, meet me in 20 minutes, he had somebody downstairs watching to see if you, anybody was watching him. That's okay. Happens. And you caught the tail as it followed you back to the hotel. Um, but he needed to move quickly. And he already had an escape plan. This guy doesn't make the, listen, he wasn't worried about being caught, obviously, but he was definitely worried about now knowing that he had to reveal himself entirely. And, you know, he thought you guys would, Go for the book and move on, not realizing the book was such a big deal for you to get. Well, that was a fleeting encounter. There's um, there's one other thing I probably should mention. I did mention that Catherine was going crazy to him. He does not seem deterred, but he knows. So if he decides to do something about it, I don't, I don't know. Just thought that's everything. That's now everything. All right. So why don't we take a break here? Uh, we'll stop for this uh, this particular episode. So the criminal mastermind that seems to have put some pieces in place, um, the man that even Mueller in Germany warned everyone about has now been seen. Uh, the well has spoken. The name has been revealed. All of that good stuff. We know he's out there. But like I think Professor Schooley summed it up incredibly well. Knowledge is power and the fact that he and he does deal in fear. This is somebody who uses the shadows to play the games he plays. And sometimes people like that, you have to just, you have to face into them. So we'll find out exactly what the team's going to do. Uh, it may be time to start making more allies and <laughs> cutting them loose on him because it seems like he has a bunch. But we'll find out what they're willing to do next time. Uh, we're going to take a break here and close for the night. But I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank my players, as always, some great performances from them. But until next time from us here at Cthulhu in Cairo, we want to say thank you and good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.